Let me read the passage. It's James 3 in your sheets, 13 to 18. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure and then peace-loving, considerate and submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace will reap a harvest of righteousness. So my, the title of my talk there in your sheets is Living Wisely Will Lead to a Beautiful Life and a Harvest of Righteousness. The title of the series in James is Facing Life and Death Trials Together. And James has been addressing the danger of wandering off, the danger of double-mindedness, the danger of forgetting what we look like, as James would put it, the danger of living the world's way and trying to live Jesus' way. And today's talk fits into this theme because we're going to see two kinds of wisdom, right? First, false wisdom, unspiritual wisdom, versus true wisdom, heavenly wisdom. And we're going to notice that these two wisdoms have their own outcomes. One, a life to disorder and evil, and the other, a humble and good life. And last week we heard from Matt about the power of the tongue. He said, consider our tongues in light of, what we, in light of who we are. He helped us that how we should uh, use our tongues in light of who we are in Christ. He mentioned that Christians, when we don't act um, how we should, we are double-minded. We forget who we are. We forget what we look like. We deceive ourselves. Matt also showed us that uh, nature is consistent with what it is supposed to do. Look at James 3. It's on your sheets there. My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives? Of course not. And a grape tree, grapevine, bear figs. This is the reality that nature does what it is supposed to do. And for us as Christians, therefore, it is unnatural when we curse because we are being inconsistent with who we are. And today we're going to see something similar. Those who claim to be wise, but will prove otherwise by their life. My first point there, living a life, living wisely will lead to a beautiful life. Verse 13, who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in humility. That comes from wisdom. The Bible talks a lot about wisdom. In Proverbs it says, out of all that you can get, all that you can accumulate, get wisdom. Get wisdom. We prayed for, for Matt and Gemma that they would receive wisdom from God. And in the song, Be Thou My Wisdom. So what is wisdom? Well, wisdom means right living. 
Wisdom is the ability to take things that don't relate and make them relate. You see, it's one thing to know something, but it's another thing to know how it relates to life. Wisdom is knowledge related. It's knowledge lived out and worked out. A good illustration of this I, I told Alex a while ago, the difference between knowledge and wisdom. So knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit. And wisdom is knowing not to put a tomato in a fruit salad. <laughs> so knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit. But wisdom is knowing not to put a tomato in a fruit salad. You see, wisdom relates to life. And in this verse, how can we tell if someone is wise? Well, it's not by what they say, but it's actually by their good life. It says there, let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. You see, wisdom is not just knowing something, but it's actually putting it into practice. But James here, in the context of James, he is referring and talking about the teachers in chapter 3. The teachers that want to be teachers, the people that want to be teachers, the people that think they're wise, they know a lot, and they're like, oh yeah, I could do that. He's saying, if you think you're wise and understanding and have so much knowledge, well, the way to tell if that person is wise or if they're worth listening to, is you look at their life, right? And he goes on to say, are they humble? Is what they do and what they say done in humility? Can you see humility in their life? The way to tell if someone is wise is by their good life and their humble manner. But what does James mean by good life? We might think, oh yeah, I have a good life, right? I don't harm anyone, I don't cuss, I don't steal, I don't lie, you know, I help the homeless, I give to charity, I, I live a good life. But the word good here is more closely related not to moral good, but actually beauty, a beautiful life. A life that is attractive, a life that has beauty, a life that during many kinds of trials, you consider it pure joy, right? Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance and that the one who perseveres under the trial, having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him, James 1, 12. That is a good life. Actually, that is a beautiful life. But, there's a big but there in verse 14. Do you see it? But, if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. The word bitter envy there is like jealousy. Have you ever been jealous, so jealous that it's actually caused you to act in a certain way? Maybe you've stolen something because you wanted something. You were jealous of what they had, so you stole it. Or you lied because you were envious. You see, sometimes we react forgetting who we are and forgetting what we look like. We choose sometimes to follow the way of the world 
and what's in our hearts. In verse 16, we will find that this leads to disorder. A society, as a society, I believe we are naturally, selfishly ambitious. It's in our blood. What do you want? What, what are your goals? You can have anything you want. The sky is the limit. Rather than asking the questions, why has God got you here? Why are you here? What are you here to do for others? The word selfish ambition can also be translated like the service of a party. So you can think of the governments and the governments around us. They act out of their own selfish ambition, their own desire to reach the top, their goals, no matter who is there, no matter who's in their ways. And James is talking about these teachers who do this out of selfish ambition. Look at their lives. And he's saying, do not boast as if this is wisdom. Because it's not. The truth is that you're not wise and you're not doing it for others, but you're acting out of envy and selfish ambition. And he goes on to say, look at verse 15 with me. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. Now, we've all made wrong decisions in our lives. We've all messed up once or twice. And even this past week, maybe you've done something that you knew you shouldn't have. Me included, I have made the wrong decision this week, and I wish I could take it back. Willfully choosing to make decisions that are contrary to God, James says that wisdom is earthly. It is unspiritual and even demonic. When he talks about it being earthly, he's referring to it not coming down from heaven. It's influenced by the world, right? It's influenced by its desires, its interests. That influences us. It's when we're influenced by movies and songs and shows and our friends. And that influences us to make decisions. That wisdom is earthly. That does not come down from heaven. False wisdom is also unspiritual. Do you see that? Wisdom that acts out of its own interest is not spiritual. It is actually unspiritual, not of the spirit. An example of this might be in Africa, a lot of people go to witch doctors for wisdom, right? They go there with their problems, and I have done this as well. So what happens is, what happened was I was with my friend, we were about 10, 11, and we were staying at the safari camp, right? And there is this witch doctor there, he's in his little tent, and he's there to, get, to make money from the tourists, you know? And so me and my friend, we heard something in the bush, and now Africa is wild, so we were like, our imagination's going crazy, like, was that a lion? You know, we're thinking, oh man, there's a lion in the camp. And so we think, we know, oh well, we know, we come up with a great plan, and we're like, well, to know, we can go find out. Well, let's go ask the witch doctor, right? 
he will surely know. And so we go into his little tent and we give him like $10, obviously. And then he's like, what is your question? And we're like, um, we heard this thing outside and we were wondering, was that a lion? And then he says, okay. And he gets all his bones and all his little stuff. He puts them in his bag. He shakes it and then he opens it and then everything goes on the floor. And then he takes a second and he looks at it. He looks at it. And then he looks at us and he says, I can, I can tell you that that was not a lion, but a warthog. And now looking back, any logical adult could have told us that same thing, right? But our imagination was crazy. You see, <laughs> you see, false wisdom is natural. It is unspiritual, but it's also demonic. Do you see that there? It is also demonic. Now, James isn't saying that every bad decision that we make is influenced by a demon. But what he is saying is that that wisdom is more alike to the demonic than it is to the heavenly. It is more similar towards its agenda, in agenda towards the demonic than it is to God. It looks and acts more alike the demonic than it does God's world. The decisions that come from false wisdom are more in favor of evil than of good. We know that the devil rules this world and he only wants to steal, kill and destroy. And we think about today and today's world events. How many bad things happen and are caused by leaders selfish ambition because of envy and bitter jealousy selfishness and the amount of tragedy and loss that happens you see James is saying this is more like the demonic than the heavenly because it is the devil that only wants to steal kill and destroy James continues there in verse 16 for where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every evil practice. So, in verse 16, James draws it all together. This is the conclusion of false wisdom. When you act out of envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every evil practice. Do you see that? Disorder can be translated confusion as well. When we act in contrary to true wisdom, we cause confusion. We cause confusion in our minds and in our lives. We start to doubt who we are because of some of the choices that we've made. Am I really a Christian? Do I really believe this? Oh, I did this yesterday. We doubt. We're double-minded. And this is what James is warning against. We forget who we are and we become double-minded. And then the tensions of that bring disorder in us and around us. So James has outlined false wisdom. So what does it look like? Well, one, it's not from God. If you're writing things down, here is a good list for you. It's not from God. It harbors bitter envy. 
It stems from selfish ambition. It is unspiritual. It is of the flesh. It is boastful and denies the truth. It is earthly. It is of this world. It is demonic. It is more alike to the devil than it is to God. And it causes disorder. It causes confusion. So we've seen that false wisdom. And now we're going to see how James describes true wisdom. You see, true wisdom is God's gift. It is not gained by conversing with men and women or by the knowledge of the world, but it comes down from above. Look at verse 17 with me. But wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. True, true wisdom is firstly pure. Do you see that? It's firstly pure. Now, this isn't a sexually pure, right? But it's more like blamelessness, innocent. You might think of a newborn child, innocent, blameless. Yes, born into sin, but innocent. The wisdom that are from above is first of all pure. It comes down from heaven, from God. And so the wisdom is like God's character. It reflects God's character. True wisdom is peace-loving. Do you see that? True wisdom is peace-loving. Wisdom, heavenly wisdom, loves peace. It is peaceable. But remember, it's pure first and then peaceable. Do you see that? Pure first and then peaceable. It's not peace at every price, at any price. It's not lying to get peace. You don't compromise purity for peace. It's pure first and then peace. That's true wisdom. If it's willing to compromise peace for purity, then that is wisdom. It's first of all pure and then peaceable. So next, wisdom is considerate. Do you see that? It thinks about others. The ESV translates the word considerate to gentle. Wisdom is gentle. You know if someone is truly wise, if they are gentle. They are slow to speak. They are quick to listen. They are considerate. Now, sometimes it's hard to sit there and listen and to be considerate, to, to take in what people are saying. But we all know that person who is not considerate. They don't care what you think. They don't care. It's my way or the highway. They don't care. They are not open to reason. And James says this should not be us, brothers and sisters. Wisdom is gentle. It's considerate. And you see next there, wisdom is submissive. Do you see that? Wisdom is submissive. Now, I don't know what you think about when you hear the word submissive, right? But in a totally negative way, when I think about the word submissive, I think of a dog who is submissive to their owner. It does what it says. 
But that's not what the Bible is talking about here. The word submissive is more like reasonable. True wisdom is open to reason, right? It is willing to yield. It's not going to say, I'm going to take this to my grave. No, it is open to reason. How many of us are open to reason, willing to yield on the things that we find hard to yield, maybe with our partners or our friends? True wisdom is submissive. And next, true wisdom is full of mercy and good fruit. Jesus says in Matthew 7, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. True wisdom is full of mercy and good fruit. If we are merciful to others, God will be merciful to us. And when we are empty, when we have emptied our cup of mercy, God will fill it up. True wisdom is full of mercy. And it is also impartial. Do you see that there? It is also impartial. It treats everybody equally. It is impartial, free from prejudice, right? The phrase here is more like an, an unwavering person, a person that stands on what they believe, a person that stands on their principles, a person that is impartial, treats everyone equally. That is what wisdom is like. Wisdom doesn't put people in boxes and clarifies them rich, poor, smart, dumb, white, black, no. Wisdom treats everyone equally and fairly. On your sheets there, James 2.1, my brothers and sisters, James reminds us of this, believers in our Lord Jesus Christ, and our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, must not show, what? Favoritism, right? Favoritism. We must treat everybody equally not putting them in boxes. We need to be impartial, free from prejudice. True wisdom treats everyone equally. And lastly there on your sheets, true wisdom, do you see that, is sincere. True wisdom is sincere. We get the word here, hypocrite, from. And a hypocrite is someone who is not genuine, right? It's someone that acts a certain way, maybe in front of you, and then acts a different way in front of others, right? They're acting under a mask. They're acting one way, but they're feeling like another way. Sincere is the opposite of this. You see, true wisdom is sincere. You get what you get with true wisdom. What you see is what you get. Do you see that? With God, true wisdom is sincere. Free from hypocrisy, right? It doesn't hide its true intentions under a mask. True wisdom is sincere. Now there, my last point, the second one, living wisely will lead to a harvest of righteousness. 
verse 18. Peacemakers who sow in peace will reap a harvest of righteousness. This is the outcome of true heavenly wisdom. Verse 18 is the counterpart to verse 16, what we saw. Look at me. Look at verse 16. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find what? Disorder. Disorder. Thank you. And every evil practice. You see, those operating under false wisdom, under the world's wisdom, under false wisdom, their lives will lead to disorder. Their lives will lead to confusion. Verse 18, true wisdom will lead to righteousness. You see, true wisdom will lead to deeds done in humility, which will lead to a good life. Well, not actually a good life, but a beautiful life. Those who sow in peace will reap a harvest of righteousness. James here is using a farming picture. You see, peace is the seed, right? Peace is the seed and righteousness is the fruit. When we are operating under heavenly wisdom, we will be sowing in peace, right? For those around us acting in heavenly wisdom, we're going to be sowing in peace, which will lead to a harvest of righteousness, the righteousness of God. Because when we have peace with God, we have peace with people. We get what we sow, right? We get what we sow. When we sow in false wisdom, when we sow out of our own selfishness, envy and, and selfish ambition, we will reap disorder and confusion. But when we sow and live in true wisdom, in heavenly wisdom, in God's wisdom, we will reap peace. We will reap a beautiful life, a harvest of righteousness. And let me finish by kind of drawing that all together, right? Wisdom is knowledge related, right? Wisdom is, is lived out, is knowledge lived out and worked out. And how do you tell if someone is wise? Not by what they say, but by their life. You look at their life. If you want to see if someone is wise, look at their life. And we've seen two kinds of wisdom here. We've seen two kinds of wisdom. Now, if you're wondering, I think you would be, you'd be saying, Connor, I've heard this. I want heavenly wisdom. I want true wisdom. How do we get it? How do we get true heavenly wisdom? How can we be more wise? Well, James answers that in chapter 1, verse 5. It's on your sheets there. This is the answer for you. How do I get wisdom? Well, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives 
generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to you. You see, how do we get wisdom? We ask God. In those situations where we don't know what to do, we're having this tension, we ask God for wisdom. We pray for wisdom. We pray for that heavenly wisdom to make the right decisions, to live the right life, to take the knowledge of the situation and use wisdom to live rightly. But we need God's wisdom. And so, we can't just be hearers of the word, but also doers of the word. We can't just be hearers of the word, but we must be doers of the word. And as Christians, we are to live a life that is authentic to who we are, to what we believe, to our identity, to what we see in the mirror, forgiven, holy, our identity. See, as Christians, we are to live a life authentic to who we are, to our identity. And when we do that, our lives will not only be good, but beautiful, and will produce a harvest of righteousness. Our lives will not only be good, but beautiful and will produce a harvest of righteousness.